Hey, welcome back to the Soma Mama podcast, everyone. I'm excited to share wonderful guests with you here today. I have my friend Jamie on the podcast with us. And, you know, I always like to go into telling you a little bit about how uh, I cross paths with the guests that I have on the podcast. Um, Jamie and I had the pleasure of connecting actually originally through her her mom, but specifically through our interest in shared interest in craniosacral fascial therapy. Um, Jamie comes from a background of nursing and um, nutrition information and wisdom, and um, she's super passionate about Pilates. And um, I just wanted to have her on the podcast today to talk more about her journey. Um, She is also a mother. We have kiddos around the same age. And yeah, one thing that we we talked about um, when I invited her on the podcast is just the importance and the value of having our voices be heard. And um, that is a philosophy that I'll always live by. That's something that I've tried to teach myself. It's like, Court, you can share your voice and it's okay. And and in fact, people might wanna hear what you have to say. And, And that's how I feel about Jamie. And that's how I feel about other guests that I have on the podcast. Um, so we're here to just talk today about, about life, about wellness, about cranial sacral fascial therapy, um, about nutrition, kind of just whatever surfaces. Um, so Jamie, without further ado, go ahead and give us, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I guess I'll just kind of start with my professional background because I think it correlates a lot with my interests and hobbies and what and essentially it's brought me to CFT. Um, So I originally became a nurse back in 2007. Yes, 2007. I did ICU for a little bit and then I kind of just got a hospice job with, with just like, oh, let me try this. I thought it would be interesting and then it ended up being my niche. So I've been in hospice nursing since 2010 um, with different companies and different roles. So I guess you could always say I loved learning about the human body. Even as a little girl, I would sit and watch Trauma Life in the ER. And I just love those shows. I love them. So then as I got deeper into the nursing world, I would say you know, you look at people dying and you think, well, why are so many people dying like this? Um, Some were beautiful, some were really ugly and painful and heartbreaking. And so I just kind of started asking why. And everything just led me down all these different rabbit holes. So through that then came nutrition. And I thought, well, I need to get out of this hospice world. (laughs) And so I was looking for a nutrition program, but I just couldn't find what I was looking for. So that actually led me to massage school. And then I thought, well, let me have this massage license. And then I could have my own little business while I figure out what type of health coaching or nutrition um, that I thought would fit, you know, my style. So I did massage school. And then by the end of that, I found my nutrition program that I thought was so fascinating. So I have a certification through the Nutritional Therapy Association. And then I opened up my little business way back in 2000 and oh gosh, 17, 2017, um, Body Speaks. 
So I love that I came up with the name Body Speaks because I always think our body is speaking to us. Um, we just have to listen. So I did that with massage and nutrition. And then I ended up closing it and went back to hospice for multiple reasons. And then a few years later, I got pregnant. <laughs> and now I have a little baby. Well, I guess he's a toddler now, right? He's two. So, and then, you know, as you scroll on Instagram, you go down all these rabbit holes and I came across craniosacral fascial therapy. And I thought, well, this is interesting. And then I read, you know, Dr. Galepsky's articles and I was amazed. I was amazed that you, that he has helped little babies avoid brain surgery and heart surgery just by releasing like the fascial strain. And I thought, this is true healing. This is why I went to be a nurse. So I signed up for the training in November and I thought, well, I'm just going to add this to my, to my tool belt and just have it for my knowledge, for my friends, my family. And then, you know, life happens. So now it's going to become a career for me. And so we're going to go back to massage and CFT and back to body speaks. So full circle. <laughs> uh, I, Jamie, for one, I'm, I'm overjoyed and I'm actually filled with goosebumps as I will forever be uh, passionate about sharing stories and, and being a recipient of, of people's stories. And one thing I continuously fall back on is there is not just one way. And I love that you shared the like this this kind of cyclical but natural nature of amidst life's ups and downs, kind of coming back to one your innate curiosity in the body, and then two sharing your gifts and your wisdom with other people. And through all of your your professional roles to date, there's been common threads, right? Which I think. In the, in the thick of it and in the moment, we don't always, we're not always conscious of that, but there is obviously a tremendous amount of anatomy and physiology wisdom that goes into being a nurse. There is, there are caretaking qualities. There are, is also um, so much wonder and curiosity that might lead one to study the impact of nutrition in the foods that we eat and how that, how that supports and nourishes our bodies. Um, and then also through your interests in, in CFT. And one thing that you said, Jamie, that just gave me full body chill, chills was when you came across Dr. Gillespie's work. And for those of you who are, who are listening um, and you've listened to previous episodes, you've likely heard me refer to Dr. Gillespie, who is the creator of, excuse me, of craniosacral fascial therapy. Um, but I'll link all the information in the show notes so that you can go have a look at his work for yourself. He is incredibly talented and actually still practice, practices to this day in um, King, of Prussia, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Um, but when Jamie said, this is true healing, uh, that just, I got this electric feel. And, and I, given that you, you know, have been a recipient of CFT, Jamie, and that you've also just completed you're the CFT Foundations course. Can you tell us both how it feels to be a recipient of CFT and then also how it feels to be a practitioner of CFT? Sure. So to receive CFT, 
I think it's, and I think it's different for everybody, right? We all will respond differently because our bodies are so different. And I think even if, you know, if Courtney, you worked on me versus Dr. Galepsky, I think it could still feel different and we could still get the same results because it's still ultimately my body is doing the work. You guys are all just assisting with it. Um, so for me, I find it relaxing and releasing. So maybe I can't necessarily feel my fascia loosening up, but I feel just changes, if that even makes sense. Um, I think it's hard to explain. <laughs> and then to be the practitioner, I would say it's confidence and patience so that I can be confident in my ability to do what needs to be done and to trust myself to listen to their body and then to be patient because sometimes you're like okay well I've been in this spot for five minutes I should move along but then it's like no no you just sit and you just wait <laughs> and you hold it I I couldn't have said it more beautifully myself Jamie the I think I think most people can agree being a practitioner of anything takes that that confidence and that trust in self and also that patience and that your your mastery so to speak isn't going to happen overnight right and right and yeah when you want to when you have services and especially something as as intimate as bodywork services that you're that you're offering as part of your your business and your practitionership that can feel incredibly vulnerable, you know, like people are paying money to come to me to have this exchange. And, and I want it to feel valuable, right? I want it to feel worthy for them and their experience. And um, one thing that like, actually, I, I kind of just had to chuckle to myself because I had just completed a session this morning with a friend who at, at, upon completion of our hour long session, she said, why does not everyone know about this? <laughs> And like, why does not everyone know about CFT? And I, and I smiled and I kind of laughed a little bit and I had more of a spiritual response, which was like collective, con I think I just said, dude, collective conscious, like Dr. Gillespie has been spreading this work since the seventies. And I said, actually in my experience, like much credit is given to Instagram as many people have found CFT through Instagram. Right. And as a lot of us have found a lot of different things uh, with, with social media. Um, and I just find that so fascinating how like some things, and it, and it really speaks to the persistence of the practitioner or the business owner, because some things take right away, some things take time. And it that's not to say that they won't take, right? Like as in the people won't receive it and won't understand it and won't be curious about it. Like it just might, it might take a little bit for for literally the collective conscious to get there and that is a further segue and i'm curious to hear more of your thoughts about this Janie. but with cft it's so like one could say and i could say in my own experience it's so subtle and it, or it can be so subtle it's not traditionally meant to be this like really aggressive like uh modality i should make it maybe like as such as a chiropractor, which maybe aggressive isn't the best descriptive, but it's manual. There's a manual adjustment. There's some tugging, there's some, mm, you know, there's some manipulating. 
Um, and, and that does happen in CFT, but a lot of the transformation and in specifically CST or craniosacral therapy without the myofascial work is really just receiving gentle touch to the spine, to the central nervous system, to the head, to the occiput, to the neck. Um, and that is what was so powerful to me. I'm like, oh, I can just arrive and lie on a table and not like feel really jarring movement in my body, but more so this like, and as you said, Jamie, this unity with my own body that now my own body is able to tap into its own healing. I may have just needed a little bit of physical support, somatic support to get there. Um, do you have anything to say on, on that topic and how, yeah, just like the subtle nature or, um, or not in your experience with CFT? Yeah, I think, well, I kind of have two thoughts. Um, first in the training, and I'm sure you heard Kim and Holly say this when you got your training that, you know, we're so disconnected from our bodies, us as humans in, you know, 2022, that they use the example of if someone comes to you and they're like, oh, I get migraines, you know, every other day, the, the pain is an eight out of 10. And then they come for their CFT they do it, let's just say twice a month. And then they like reevaluate and they're like, well, it didn't work because I'm still getting migraines. And then it's our job as a practitioner to dig a little deeper to be like, well, how often are you getting them? Oh, now I only get them once a week. And there may be a three out of 10 instead of an eight out of 10. And it's like, well, that is monumental change. But since we're all human, um, we just think, well, I got the CFT, my migraine should be gone, you know, instantaneously. And I think that for my second thought as a collective that you said is that's just how we function in today's world, right? We want instantaneous, we want to feel good. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel good. We all deserve to feel good. And I think that's part of why I, you know, want to help people feel good, right? You don't want to walk around with headaches and <laughs> being tired all the time. So, but as a collective, we want fast results. We don't want to be patient. We don't want to put in the work. And I think that's even a good reminder to myself, as I say this out loud, that as a practitioner, I still need to be patient and put in the work and let their body do it. And I can't expect fast results either. So yes, I guess those are my thoughts. <laughs> Oh, and beautiful, beautiful, reflective, wise thoughts. Indeed, I I wholeheartedly agree. And so, and something that surfaced for me when I heard you speak, Jamie, was actually a conversation I was just having with my with my friend who was a recipient of CFT, and and we were talking about the discernment between mind talk, body talk, and spirit talk. All right, and for some, for those of you who like know exactly what I'm talking about when hearing those three things, great. Um, but for others who are like, what, what, you're talking gibberish, um, to just to break it down a little bit, like we, there's a differential, differential between the, the conversations in our head, the conversations we could say of our heart, but more so our entire physical body. And then also conversations of spirit, connection to source outside of ourselves, which can often feel like an inner whisper or like something that just arrived within us uh, a lot of times in our heart space or in our solar plexus, but we don't 
maybe we don't know exactly where that came from, or maybe it hit us kind of out of the blue. Um, and, and how I translate that is like, for one, I think that's each of our jobs as individuals to, to do, to create that discernment. And it's also okay if you don't know how, right? Like there, there's no expectation for you just to know how to discern mind and body right away, right? This is like, this is like I'm bringing yogic philosophy into into the picture here. This work has been done for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and it's it is incredibly complex. Or maybe it's just that we make it to be. Um, but I have I have a question for you, Jamie. Say a, a, a brand new client, a CFT, is is interested, is curious, and, and comes to you and says, "But I don't have any presenting like symptoms or any any like issues. Um, am I still a am I still a fair recipient of CFT? What would your response be? I would be like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Let's try it um, and see how you feel. And then I'm sure as we work on you, something will pop up, right? Whether it's a fleeting thought, whether it's like, oh, my big toe hurts, right? Like I can't walk with my shoes. So, oh yeah, my toe. Because <laughs> we all, I, don't, I guess we sh I shouldn't say we all, that's pretty broad, but I think a lot of us walk around with things that we think are normal. Like we should feel this way. Uh, we should be tired. We should um, struggle to get out of bed. We should have insomnia. We should have anxiety. And all of those things are very common, but we shouldn't have them. They're not, you know, that's not our body being in balance, which is where our body wants to be. Right. Absolutely. And in, in harmony uh, within those mental, spiritual, physical bodies, and then also harmony with with other people, with our environment, with other living things, both human and non-human um, things such as nature in, in our, in the world in which we live. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would say absolutely the same thing. And that's the beauty of CFT and other bodywork services um, is, is oftentimes when we arrive, we, we might not even know why we're arriving there. It might feel providential or kismet, just like I'm here for a reason, I think. Um, or I feel. And it's much like arriving to your weekly counseling therapy, talk therapy session where you're like, huh, should I even go today? I don't have anything to talk about. I guarantee inevitably something will come up, right? Like you've got a lifetime, no matter how old you are, you have a lifetime of experiences to draw on. And that's often what I say in these podcast episodes and conversations too, is like, I really, I really, I lean into the curiosity um, to see what will unfold because we don't often know what will unfold in an hour long conversation, be it planned or contrived or not. Um, so another question I have for you, Jamie, well, do you have any thoughts there before I continue? Um, no, it's just funny that you, what you just said, because the other day I was like, I really have a lot of questions about people. Like I, love to watch people and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing I'm like the creeper at the park that's like oh let me just stare at you for a little bit but <laughs> same <laughs> but it's just so like I don't know and I guess that's and maybe that's part of you know why I loved hospice because you do really get to know these families and then sometimes you're just like whoa <laughs> like, I didn't need to know all that or like something's not quite right here but I don't know what it is but yeah I'm just very curious lately of about people. So it's just funny that you said that too. So I wonder if I'm supposed to uh, 
put that in the back of my mind to see what happens <laughs> about something. Yes. Uh, and I, that's, that's clearly something I needed reiterated for myself as well as it's human and human behavior excites me tremendously. And, and, looking at systems, be it familially or an, or an organizational system or systems at, at a whole, such as our societies and countries and our world. Like it's, there's so many nuances in, in human behavior. And then you add like culture and different religious beliefs on top. Like there's so many different ways, excuse me, that we can observe the nuances of human behavior and, and, perhaps kind of dig dig beneath the surface and examining the why behind, you know, how people are arriving. Um, and so much of that, and I'm so appreciative that this day and age is we're talking about the somatics, the, the body talk, the body speaks, as Jamie, um, as Jamie referred to. And this is something that, you know, she she created this business five years ago with that name, even before arguably like somatics really became a buzzword, which I feel that they have even in the last, it has in the last year or two. Um, but it's, I often tell people like, it is not this fancy science. It's <laughs> by any means, hey, like, do you have a body? Yeah, all right. Like, then you're able, like you have the any ability to listen to it. Um, no matter what your body is, how it is, if it's different or not than everyone else around you, we have this beautiful, innate and very wise language that we can lean into uh, in our own body. And um, I want I want to ask you, Jamie, it's a question in the back of my mind about CFT and babies. And for those of you who who haven't heard of CFT, um, I'll break it down just super quickly for you with the, the trainings. If you wanna go do a CFT training, there's specifically a CFT infant course. And then there's also what they call a foundations course, which is just like really for adults or for anyone, um, teenagers or children specific in terms of um, being a practitioner of a certain age group. But there's a specifically an infant training um, in which neither Jamie or myself has have taken yet. Um, but just to kind of see what what happens here, Jamie, what if someone were to come to you and be like, hey, like I heard that every every baby that's born, be it vaginally or C-section, they have fascial strain. Is that true? You want to know what my response would be? Yeah, <laughs> I would say, well, <laughs> according to Dr. Golovsky, yes. Um, I wouldn't say that I could speak for myself because, you know, I don't work on babies and I don't, you know, I've never really served that population, but I would say that most likely, yes. And to me, that makes sense then because you're, you know, you could have a six pound baby, a nine pound baby, a 10 pound baby in this little womb um, where they're all nice and cozy. And then they come out, you know, vaginally or via C-section, which you know, they're probably pretty cozy up in their womb. And then they come out into this world, with these bright lights and people talking. And that alone probably is a little bit of, you know, traumatic stress to them as they come earthside. And then obviously, depending how the labor went, you know, for the mom, and did they get an epidural? What position was she in? Was it fast, slow? I think all of that can affect the baby. So yes. <laughs> We all need it. <laughs> yes. 
Yep. And, and I completely echo that as well, what Jamie just said. And I, uh, I ask you that partially because I, similarly, I've, I've worked with some infants, but that's, that's not my niche at the moment. Um, I would love to do the CFT infant course at some point. Um, but oftentimes I will tell folks, yeah, like imagine being in, a, I mean, maybe you can even still feel that in your own body, right? Because you're the same you that you were when you were an infant in utero. Um, like how it felt to be in the, and literally, um, I'm like doing the, that my, in myself right now, how it felt to be in fetal position in this crunched little room. Maybe you had super spacious room. Maybe you, you were pretty compact in there. So being in any position for nine months. And, and maybe some of you listening, you've experienced this in your adult bodies. Maybe you were bedridden for nine months when you were pregnant. Maybe you were had a nine month recovery plus from a surgery that you experienced or an injury or an accident. So feeling into, envisioning, imagining feeling into what it would be like to be in the same position for, for nine months. And I know in utero, you're, you're still growing, right? That's like the miracle of life is you are literally, a, a baby is growing every single day, something new is, is happening inside a mother's womb um, or a parent's womb. Um, but yeah, there's inevitably gonna be some stuckness, some fascial strain as we call it um, in the CFT world. And so when a Dr. Gillespie is like his bread and butter, and I tell, I tell all my clients this, whether they have children or babies in their life or not, um, is that his desire is to have a CFT practitioner work with every baby that's born into this world. And it doesn't, it would, wouldn't take much um, in, terms, in terms of giving a, a tiny second old baby a CFT session. Um, and that's the beauty of working with a child and the resiliency of their physical body um, is that it, it doesn't really require much at all in terms of like maybe it's just a 20 minute like physical CFT session um, and maybe that's all that baby will need for you know a week or so um, and that's another question I get to Jamie and I I'd just be curious to ask you this as a practitioner of CFT if a client were to ask you like hey how how frequently should I see you like what should we have a schedule um what would your response be there's no right answer. <laughs> yeah, I would say yes. Um, I think for most people, probably every week for a while, maybe every two weeks. And then obviously as, you know, it gets, the strain gets looser, you know, you might be able to bump that out to every three weeks, every four weeks. And then, you know, obviously with the goal being that they don't have to come see you for the rest of their life. So I do think it's very dependent on the person, but I would assume that most people need it every week for, you know, at least a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful answer. Um, and something that's come ringing in my head is how Dr. Gillespie will tell you like CFT does not make for the best business model <laughs> because <Right. laughs> we don't actually want to be seeing our, our clients like over time. I that said I will tell people, hey, I'm always for going to be for like a CFT maintenance schedule. So if you just know you want to receive CFT once a week for the rest of your life, great. You know, that's fantastic. Maybe it's once a month for the rest of your life or for five years. Um and then for others, maybe it's like, hey, I, you know, I had whiplash and I'm gonna have like 
see you until we we work through that and maybe that's five sessions um this this work can happen pretty dang quickly uh and often it's hard to really give a range but it's not atypical for like a child or even an adult but specifically a child as they have a little bit less lived experience in terms of lifespan as compared to an adult it could take three to five sessions to really work through their fascial strain and that that i'm talking like three to five hour or even less depending on the attention span of the, of the child given their age and um, their ability so it's pretty cool it's pretty pretty dang cool when we start talking about the the innate wisdom that already exists within our body and that the, the healing power that resides there um even when we just receive a little bit of reinforcement to our nervous system and to our cranial sacral system is there anything that that you would say about that jamie too just kind of like yeah like the magic of it the wonder um and what really keeps you coming back to to cft as both an offering to others and as a recipient um it would still be that i just think people deserve to feel good and we're designed to be happy and healthy and i don't know i don't know why that's always been such a big I don't know, item, I guess the item in my brain, like I can look at people and just be like, hmm, if you drank a little more water, you might feel a little better. If you ate a little more protein, you know, your hair might stop falling out and you might feel a little better. And I just, I don't know why I think that so strongly, but that we just deserve to be healthy. Like we just deserve it <laughs> as humans and we deserve to feel safe in our bodies and yeah, that's what I want for everybody. If I could give everybody one thing, it would be to be, to feel good. Mm, yes. A amen to that. Like big, big applaud, big, big energetic hug for me. I, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful wish and desire and gift to give to others. And I'm, I also love, like, I, Jamie, I love hearing the, like, I don't even actually know why that's something I always come back to. Um, but in how I translate that in my own worldview is like, that, that could be spirit talking of just like, this is Jamie's gift. Like, keep advocating that, keep reminding people that they are worthy of health and they are worthy to feel good and that they absolutely can, um, no matter how they are, are arriving. That's beautiful. Yeah, I will say it's probably gotten me in trouble, though, too, right? Like, I can easily appear judgmental, I think, or I can easily maybe nag a little too much or be like, well, that has a lot of bad oil in it. We probably shouldn't eat it. Um, so it certainly can go the other way. Um, I think I'm definitely really learning that balance, though, in this um, time of my life, which is important, I think so. I'm thankful for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I do really appreciate the humility there that I that I heard and that 
you know, like everything is a double-edged sword. Most things are, I guess I shouldn't yeah. say anything. Um, and it, it does, it does help to embrace humility in the things, especially the things that feel so important to us. Um, as sometimes, well, oftentimes we'll learn, like if we share that wisdom, knowledge, or excitement with other people who don't know what the heck you're talking about, they might or may likely not feel as enthused as you are. And so it's just that knowing of like, oh, okay, like what I know, you may not know, and vice versa. And and creating that like okayness around that exchange. Um, and then also, this is something I was talking to a friend about recently too, just like finding the people and the spaces and the places who dare, do share in similar values as it's, it's so important to be able to feel that amongst the community and feel that collectiveness and, and not feel isolated in your experience or your beliefs, um, be it regarding wellness, health and wellness or, or otherwise. Um, so this has taken a little bit of a turn, Jamie, but I want to, I want you to share with us one thing that you love to make one food item or like one thing that you would you would eat or drink or consume for the rest of your life every single day um that would have to be a burger hands down a burger and you could even sneak a little liver in there just to make it extra healthy <laughs> on a sourdough bun and then any toppings that you would want so i would probably pick some type of spicy mayonnaise homemade mayonnaise, of course, um, caramelized onions, bacon, and then probably cheddar cheese. So definitely a burger is what I would eat every day. But another delicious food that people don't know about is bone marrow. Have you ever had bone marrow? I, no, I haven't. I thought right away of bone broth. Cause I know that's a huge, um, thing nowadays uh but tell us more about bone marrow like, bone i know marrow, about it but i haven't consumed it so i didn't even know you could eat it until years ago i went to this true farm to table restaurant in bethlehem it's called bolete and I, they had bone marrow on the menu and i was like oh i'm gonna try this and i was blown away it is so delicious so it's literally you take like the from a cow um their like shin bone from their leg and then inside of it is the marrow and then you bake it and then you can smear it on anything i would obviously pick bread and it is like better than butter it is smooth and rich i don't even know how to describe the taste but it is delicious so if you like butter on bread, then you will definitely like bone marrow. <laughs> I love the the better than butter that 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 caught me. And um, I know it's I now I can't pinpoint which culture it's probably many, but it's a, bone marrow is a delicacy, and and several cultures. Um, and yeah, holds like more even more umph in terms of the like. I guess, spiritual benefits of consuming it. Um, I know that I've read that. Maybe I'm digging that out from like a sociology class from, from college. Um, oh, that's so fascinating. And you know, I'm gonna ask you about your infamous either hot chocolate or iced coffee recipe. Oh. <laughs> Will you tell us a bit more about one of, one of the two? 
Yeah, I can do both. Um, so the hot chocolate is not my creation. I can't take credit for that originalness, um, but it's genius, I think, because I don't actually like bone broth. Like everyone's like, oh, just have some bone broth like on the side in a cup. And I'm like, eh, like I just can't do it. I've tried and I've tried and I'm like, well, like if it's in soup, that's fine, obviously. But so you just do bone broth, some milk, maple syrup and cocoa and then you just make it like hot chocolate and you can't even taste the bone broth so you get all the good benefits of the broth then without the taste if you don't like it (laughs) so and that you know that I found on Instagram too and then my coffee so if you've heard of um, wandering bear coffee so they make all sorts of cold brew and you buy it like in a box. It's like the wine that comes in a box, but it's coffee. (laughs) So it sits in your fridge and they have all different flavors. I actually drink decaf. Um, so I just have iced decaf coffee every morning with milk and maple syrup, but theirs is the best that I've ever had because it's just very smooth. Like, and then once you add that cream and maple syrup, it's just takes it to a whole nother level. Yum. Oh, I'm gonna have to share those in the in the show notes. Uh, those both sound wonderful, and I am with you on the the bone broth. Like I can do it, I can sip it, but I find that I don't. I haven't. It hasn't become like buying it hasn't become rote for me because there's not like a fun way I can incorporate it into my daily routine. Um, so this could be a new fun way. For sure. Yeah, it's good. And then if you get really creative, you can make homemade marshmallows. Yeah. Um, and then so if you make homemade marshmallows, that's water, gelatin and sugar. And then they melt beautifully in your cup of hot cocoa. But then if you let it get cold a little bit at the end with a little bit of the hot cocoa and a little bit of the marshmallow and mix it together. It is almost like a little pudding at the end. It's delicious. Ooh, I love that as well. A little yummy, yummy, yummy pudding at the end. Oh, I'm excited to share these in the show notes for those of you listening who are like, Ooh, this is a bonus. I didn't know that we'd be talking about delicious recipes. Oh yes. (laughs) Here you are. All day long. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I know I'm going to take another swift turn here as I do. I really want to talk to you just about your journey into motherhood. And I know, you know, I know a little bit more about it, not everything, but, but probably more than our listeners. Uh, But just how like some of the lessons and, and learnings you, you've taken from mother motherhood to date. Oh boy. Um, let's, I would say the biggest lesson thus far, because I'm sure it's ongoing, is to surrender and to be even more selfless every day. (laughs) Um, So for your listeners, I had no intention of becoming a mother. I didn't want to be a mother. And then we got pregnant um, and I was very, very angry when I found out. Um, And then not that I had a hard pregnancy, but I just did not enjoy being pregnant. Labor was actually my favorite part. I would have labor. I would go through labor 10 times over versus pregnancy and postpartum. Um, So 
I definitely think just being selfless to anything, like not only to my son, but to the negative inner thoughts that I would have about myself. If I'm not, I'm not a good enough mom today. I didn't do this right. I lost my patience. You know, I didn't take him outside enough to get sunlight. Um, so I think I would probably say that. Um, and then to surrender is just so much is out of your control. So, so much. And that was, they're both very hard for me. I don't think I'm a selfish person, but to constantly, to just constantly show up for him, you know, it can be tiresome. It's tiresome. And then you feel bad because you don't, you know, you love these babies so much that it hurts, but you're just like, I just want to sleep and not have any responsibility for a little bit, but we can't do that. So here we are. Oh, I first, Jamie, thank you. And second, I'm, I'm literally holding my hand to my heart for those of you who are listening. Maybe if that resonates, I invite you to do the same and just allowing that to, to sink in within your soma, be you a mother or far from it or whatever, this can apply to anyone. What Jamie just spoke to, the the sheer acts of, of becoming and embodying selflessness and also the act of surrender. And it's, it's so valuable for me to actually reflect the moments in which I've surrendered in my life. And it's been the moments of greatest transformation. <laughs> because it's been the moment moments where I relinquish control where I relinquish that the need that the, the thought that I think I need to be in control. And um, I can attest to that being a part of my journey into motherhood. And, and as you said it so beautifully, Jamie, like you can't possibly control everything. And thus the act of surrender becomes very valuable and important because you can also learn to as a mother or a parent, extend yourself some grace and lend yourself some, some compassion in those times where you feel like you didn't, you didn't, you missed the marker, you know, you didn't do quote unquote enough. And like one of the most beautiful and simple reframes, um, especially from the eyes of a child that I've given myself is like, your child thinks you're freaking awesome. Yes. <laughs> like, they, especially, especially when they're young, they think you walk on water, you know, like you are their life source, you are their role model. And so like, hey, give yourself some credit, right? Like, give yourself a break. And um, I also really wanted to just shed light on, um, on you acknowledging, like, when I became pregnant, I was angry. And I know for many, it's normalized that, that it's a joy, right? And, and I know also folks who, who struggle with fertility, there's so much that goes, um, goes with that journey. And, and I will wholeheartedly say that's not a journey I've walked myself and, and I, I can only imagine in my heart and energy goes out to you and wraps you in a big, cozy, energetic hug if, if that's the path that you've walked and and also you Jamie who's like hey wait life like this wasn't the plan um and then watching you lean into it and and be such a wonderful mother and and also embrace humility along the way is it reminds me that you're human and it gives me the invitation to do the same 
as a mother. And I find that very, very important. Well, thank you. And I think that's one of the hard things, right? With anything. Um, but I'll, you know, correlate it to motherhood is that we all have these emotions and we, ex- and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it comes from that. Well, this is how you're supposed to feel. And if you don't feel that way, it's wrong, right or wrong. So I don't know where that comes from, you know, and then you brought up people who struggle with fertility and like, I'll be honest, like, I guess maybe I don't think of people who struggle with fertility because I just got pregnant. Like it wasn't, you know, it was a true oops. It was just like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, you know, but then people who've lost a baby, um, who keep trying and trying and trying and can't do it or who do in vitro. And it's, there's so many emotions and we just don't, I don't think we talk about them enough. I don't think we embrace them enough. And, you know, it was very hard for me, like even telling his dad back then I'm pregnant and he was excited and I was like livid. And it was just, it felt like, well, I should be excited, but I wasn't. And it took me probably the whole nine months (laughs) to get excited. Um, I remember after, you know, he was born, like, and they laid him on my chest. It was like, okay, you're my, I just kept saying my sweet boy, my sweet boy, like you're finally here. And then it was like, you're supposed to be here. I don't know why, (laughs) but you're supposed to be here. And I don't know. It was, it's just such a journey. Everything, everything in life is just such a journey for everybody. And people should just sit down and talk more. (laughs) just like this. (laughs) Again, I could not echo that more. And again, with the goosebumps, like maybe that shows how how sentient I am or how highly emotive, but just like, I will, the the impact of words will, will never cease to amaze me and be those warm and fuzzy words or words that are yucky and mucky and blah and hurtful. Um, they, they are an exchange, they're an energetic exchange, and they have the ability to impact us for the better or for the worse. And um, I completely wholeheartedly agree, Jamie, that's, that's one of the reasons this Soma Mama space again, exists. And I will say it just to affirm it again, again, for those of you listening, you don't have to be a mother, you don't have to be female identifying, you don't even have to know anything about embodied health and wellness. I don't care. I I care that you're here and I care that you're curious and I, I care that you, you have an innate desire to connect um because I do and um my assumption is that Jamie does as well and that that we that we do as humans and that doesn't mean that we need to connect with a trillion and one people we can connect heart to heart with with one other individual and that's absolutely meaningful um so thank you Jamie thank you for being here today thank you for sharing and imparting your wisdom upon us as I told you from the start you're voice deserves to be heard and I'm and I'm so honored to be a recipient of of it and I would love for you to just share any final concluding thoughts or tidbits or little bits of wisdom that you have with us and then also how people can connect with you and and your business and perhaps be recipient of um, some of your services in the future um so you can find me on Instagram there's only three posts (laughs) I am not I always go back and forth. Should I post on Instagram or should I not? I certainly don't follow the algorithm 
um, or know anything about it. But regardless, um, my name is Body Speaks Wellness on Instagram. I'm working on getting a website together. Um, my good friend is helping me with that, but that is not up yet. It should be bodyspeakswellness.com. And then, no, I don't know that I have any more thoughts other than I was very excited to be on your podcast, Courtney. So thank you for having me. Um, and yeah, that's all I have. Amazing. Gratitude shines back to you, Jamie. Thank you so, so much. Thank you all for listening. And we will tune in again shortly. Have a great day.